0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Getting Gritty with Andrea. I have my friend Joseph Vasquez here with me again today. Um, His pronouns are he and him. He's going to talk about his experience in the criminal justice and education system for youth. Um, So Joseph, if you want to start by telling us how you got into those positions and what has it been like um, working with the youth?
1: Yeah, so... um... I start uh, I'm originally from New York City mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the Bronx. and um, after college, um, I took a job with a nonprofit organization um, that partnered with the Department of Education and uh, among other things, other services that they offered in the community. Uh, and my first job was as a peer educator, Working with ninth graders, um, so that was that was pretty fun. It was a little rough, and I had to actually come up with a curriculum from scratch, uh, which I had never done before. Uh, but that was uh, that was a great learning experience for me. Um, and w- what I had to do was with the curriculum with with that particular uh, class, the peer education class. Um, it was basically to help the ninth graders transition. Into uh, high school, and then also to get their mindset on college. So that was uh, very big with the with the organization, and even with that program, we like we wanted to start putting college into the minds of these young people as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came up with a, a curriculum. I, I wound up having them do a identity portfolio. Well, they started like researching you know, uh, their own lives and their communities. They did family trees, they did community maps, and uh, things like that. Um, and then they started coming up with plans for their future. And from that, that job actually allowed me to... Uh, I wound up getting promoted. Uh, well, one of the associate executive directors, he told me about a school that they were going to open up mm-hmm. with the Department of Education, it was a transfer school, uh, and transfer schools in New York City are geared towards overage, undercredited um, students. Uh, it's kind of like an alternative school for kids who, like, you know, struggle in the regular traditional settings. Uh, who may have, you know... For a number of reasons, they had, you know, different issues, whether it's with attendance, whether it's, you know, um, getting suspended, uh, fights, You know things like that getting kicked out of their schools so these are like the trouble teams i guess they would call uh that we were getting Mm -hmm. so i was part of the process of launching the school there was a team before us that planned uh the whole the whole school and how it was going to look and everything like that but you know when i came in it was we were getting ready to launch i we did some of the planning as well um but we recruited a lot of um you know, we recruited the new students, we interviewed them and all that, and things like that. But the model of this, the transfer school in New York City, uh, well, especially that school, was, it's called the primary support person model. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, so you had a team, so so basically the, the partnership, how it worked with the nonprofit organization and the Department of Education, the Department of Education You know, they have the teachers, the principal, assistant principal, guidance counselor, things like that, and they focus on the academic. The non-profit organization, we focused on the social-emotional component, um, you know, things that they may be dealing with at home. Uh, So we had a team, and the team consisted of the program director. We had um, a college coordinator to help kids get into college and, and things like that. And then we have what's called the Learning to Work Coordinator, which focused on helping kids develop work readiness skills, mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole program in itself. Um, and then we had the advisory team, the student advisory team, which was out, I, I was a part of. I was a student advisor. So mm-hmm. the student advisors are basically like that. They were kind of like the pillars of the school, right? So, We reached out to the students, making sure they were coming to school. If they, you know, if they were absent, we do phone calls home. If they miss multiple days, we do home visits. Um, You know, if there was problems in the classroom, we go to the class and take out the student and have conversations with them. um, You know, so that they can go back in and, you know, be successful. Um, We also ran classes too. The classes uh, were advisory classes twice a week, we did, we taught them life skills. Um, we, you know, touched on various topics. We'd have different organizations come in and, you know, do presentations, uh, for them. So there was so much that, you know, we were able to, you know, give to these, uh, these kids, you know, cause again, the, the background that they were dealing with, you know, coming from, you know, trouble past that they may have had in other schools. Um, And then even the section, the area that I worked in, in the South Bronx, it was the Mott Haven section of the Bronx, for many years, it was considered the poorest congressional district in the country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so there were so many things that, you know, so many needs that they had, and we were able to help and meet those needs, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, like, I I was, you know, I kind of talked to you a little bit about, I know you had uh, someone previously in your last episode, you were talking about, that it's hard for certain teachers, right? Well, for yeah. most teachers to do, de- there's so much that they're dealing with, right? So yeah. it's, you know, they're they're focused on, you know, lesson plans, they're focused on curriculum development. They're, fo- they're trying to focus on getting these kids to, whether, you know, to prepare for a, a state a state class um, or a certain level that they have to reach, you know, and passing their classes and everything like that. But these kids, they have all kinds of barriers uh, in their way um, and we helped to alleviate that pressure from the teachers, so that they can focus on that academic. So whenever, you know, we had kids who, you know, dealing with homelessness, we mm-hmm. had kids who were, um, you know, living in homes where, you know, the, the family struggled with paying certain bills. And what was awesome is that we had social workers who also worked within our nonprofit organization, uh, that came in like, so. Um, you know, the advisors, we, we did some counseling, but we weren't licensed counselors. We weren't social workers, although we were trained by social workers. Um, uh, we weren't licensed or anything like that, but if there was, you know, if we ever felt like there was a need that was kind of above us, you know, whether it was like a family who couldn't pay a bill, then we'd talk to the social workers, they'd come in, make an assessment. And then, you know, some, you know, sometimes we'd have grant money and we pay that bill for them or or we would just point them in the direction for the resources that they needed. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, you know, it was a very uh, beautiful experience, I, I can say, you know, like just, you know, I, from my experience in seeing that, I was like, this is what schools need, schools, you know, these, this is the support that teachers need. You know, I, you know, I, I wish all schools, in, you know, all over the country had this, where it was like, they have this organization Nonprofit organization, community-based organization, partnering with the Department of Education uh, to deal, you know, with all that, you
0: know, all the
1: things that these kids, you know, come across. And even dealing with, like, for instance, like, if they're fighting, like, you know, when that school first opened, you know, I remember my advisory class was, like, the most rowdiest class, the most dysfunctional class. Teachers and staff would come up to me like, Joe, you're your advisory is crazy you know they're always getting into fights and <laughs> yeah. anytime I'd leave anytime I leave the building for lunch they will why did you leave you know because there's a fight <laughs> they call me they call me during my lunch break get back over here <laughs> <laughs> you know um but what we would do is like so let's say there was a fight we would have a mediation we pull them you know the two kids into our office and we have the program director guidance counselor and the advisor talk, you know, have the, you know, have a discussion with them and mediate, um, the problem. And it, it became so engrafted into our culture that I remember there was a, um, and I was just telling a friend about this too. Mm -hmm. Um, two, two of my kids got into a fight, a big bloody fight. And after the fight was over, when we, when they went back into the, into the school, into the building, no staff pulled them aside, it was their friends. Their friends pulled them into a classroom, an empty classroom, and mediated the problem. And they <laughs> they got them to squash the beef and everything. And they, you know, they went back to be a friend, you know? So, you know, that, that was like one of the most powerful moments I ever saw, seeing something like that uh, because, and it was because of that culture that we, we had implemented, you know? There was never any bullying that ever took place you know, there was spikes but never any bullying because we didn't allow that. You know, we were, we had a culture, it was like <clears throat> we accept everybody. We love everybody. Um, so, you know, being a part of that uh, was amazing. And then I was promoted to a, a lead advisor um, in a, a, a young adult's uh, complete high school completion program, which is kind of like the same, but it was like the evening program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I, I was there. I did that for a couple of years and then I became the learning to work coordinator, which I had mentioned earlier. And that was, you know, it's a grant, a grant that we had received. And what it was is I would develop partnerships with different businesses or organizations in the community to hire my interns. I have interns and they were all students. Um, and those, those businesses didn't have to pay the kids. They didn't have to pay the interns. With the grant money, paid um, those kids. So basically, all they had to do was allow these kids the opportunity to gain some work experience, mm-hmm. and then our our program, the Learning to Work program, paid them. Um, and then from there, a lot of times or sometimes um, when the internship was over, those businesses, if they if they did well in the, with those companies, they'd hire them. You know, so they'd have jobs. Um, you know, so it was, you know, we try to prepare these kids in every aspect, you know, to be ready to when they graduated, right? So we gave them more readiness skills. We taught them life skills and advisory. Uh, we also went on college trips and we exposed them to all that stuff because we in that community, a lot of the kids, they didn't, you know, college wasn't a realistic option for them. You know, they didn't have, uh, uh, many people didn't have families who who had, you know, people that went into college. So it was all new to them. So we, that organization I feel like really ingrained and changed that community where it became natural for young people to start saying, you know what, I, college is an option for me. I wanna go to college, you know? And we, we you know, basically just educated them on, you know, the, how realistic it is for them to go to college, how there were scholarships available. And even we, we, we get grant money, uh, to give these kids some uh, scholarship money so they can go to college. So it was a very powerful experience. Um, and then when I finally moved to, uh, I moved to Florida in 2015 and I started working for a work readiness program down here for about a year, but I basically wound up, which in my job now, which is a juvenile probation officer. Um, And what that is, what I've been blessed to see as a juvenile probation officer is the, how they're really seeking um, reform within the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it it all kind of ties into like, my experience, you know, and uh, because it has a holistic approach, um, I feel with it. Like, for instance, like when kids, you know, when they're getting charged with something we have you know programs that are alternatives to incarceration
0: so it's Um, not a disciplinary um approach which i think is much much better so i'm really happy that you guys are trying to do that because i'm sure they're all
1: used to punishment there's there's still some discipline to it but it's all about rehabilitation Mm -hmm. it's all about accountability it's all about Yeah, it's not just
0: punishment, like, just sending them off to jail, Mm -hmm. it's, this is how we can do better, yeah, and I think that's definitely, definitely much better, so I'm really happy that you're a part of that, because that's what they need. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's awesome, Uh, like, there's a, you know, for younger kids, you may have a kid, like, if he catches a charge for the first time, we'll have something called, like, a diversion program, where they'll just Mm -hmm. have to do a class, and maybe some community service, and if they complete that program, their, their charge will be wiped away you know, oh, and they will okay. have no charge.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, but if they catch another charge, that charge will open back up, so they kind of, you know, catch, like, this. but it's, to, you know, it's hopefully motivational, like, look, you're, you know, you can have this record wiped clean from you, you know, mm-hmm. if you just complete this, and if you don't do nothing else again, you know, in a certain amount of time, then it won't ever come back. <clears throat> um, And what, and uh, we have, you know, the regular supervision, uh, probation, uh, where there's different requirements. I don't really work with probation kids, mm-hmm. although it's, of, it's, it's a term. The case that I have is called conditional release. Uh, it's And what that means is I'm getting the kids who are coming out of programs. So if a kid catches a charge, if he's had multiple charges, he's been on probation, the probation he's violated, you know, or she's violated, however many times, or, or catches a serious charge, they can get set to uh, what's called a commitment program. And there's different levels to it. Uh, most of the kids go to what's called a non-secure program. And in those programs, it's all based off of what's, need, what's needed. And how we figure that out is, usually um, there'll be a comprehensive evaluation that'll be ordered, and a comprehensive evaluation well, you know, they'll, they'll look at the criminal history, they'll look at family background, they'll look at education background, they'll look at mental health background and substance abuse background. And based off of all of that is how they figure out, you know, what's, what's the best need, um, for that, that child, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the, and the program that they'll go to will be based off of that, that need. So if it's substance abuse, they'll go to a, a program that focuses on substance abuse. Um, and then in those programs, they'll, you know, they'll receive counseling, they'll receive, you know, whether substance abuse treatment, um, they'll receive, you know, they'll be able to pr- pursue their education. They can possibly get their GED or high school diploma. And they could also possibly get a trade or, you know, earn a trade, uh, which is amazing. So um, by the time they come out of the program, you know, they have a certification to be able to go get a job, um, which is incredible. And then we all we, they also before a kid comes out of a program, we set up like um, th- there's different conferences that take place. There's different names for them, uh, like the exit conference when the kid is about to come out or whatever, or community reentry team meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a lot of technical a lot of technical terminology, but basically it's all about okay when this kid comes out of the program, how are we going to set them up? Where they can be have all the resources and everything that they need to be successful in the community, and not to reoffend and wind up back in in the system. So, so all the services that they get in the program, uh, like the counseling, uh, substance abuse treatment, school, and all that stuff, they'll get it right right when they come out of the program. So, we'll set them up with a provider to do counseling. Um, you know, if the if the if the family doesn't have, you know, Medicaid or or their own private um, insurance, we have programs where we can pay for the counseling as a department, and you know they'll they'll get the counseling. Um, and then education, we set up, uh, you know, so they can have an appointment with somebody from the school board to go back into school if they haven't finished school and they want to continue. Uh, then there's also a mentoring program that they have, uh, it's called Project Bridge and that program, um, it's a nonprofit organization that kind of partners with us and it's kind of funded by us. Mm -hmm. Um, they help them, you know, they do life skills with them as well, with workshops. They do, you know, work readiness stuff. They help them develop a resume. Um, they help them do, you know, apply to jobs and get jobs. Um, if there's, let's say, they have appointments with a counselor, or if they, if my kid needs to see me and doesn't have a way to get to me, they'll they'll take them. They'll bring up, you know, pick them up in the car and bring them to me uh, to to meet with them. So, you know, we we try to, you know, set them up as best we can to be, you know, as successful as they can be. Is is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. There's a lot of you know imperfections with it, but I feel like. You know the work that we're doing is it's
0: really something else so it's something it's- improved and different no that's really amazing seriously important very important work um like i've talked with another you know someone else another friend of mine who works with kids as well um a social worker uh basically and mm-hmm. um yeah she's d- it, mental health is super important with them and to change it and mm-hmm. not just be the punishment system and I, I i had mentioned and it's gonna be in a episode coming soon, but I'll give a brief, you know, little summary is I, what I would discuss with her for a minute was Uh how in the school, now I'm a sub assistant, so I'm not a teacher just yet. I'm not, um, not higher up or anything, but what I've witnessed even just being an assistant and what, if anyone who doesn't really know what that is, is I help the teachers out, um, with managing the classroom. I talk, you know, I help with the classwork, homework, um, help, mediate if possible like little things like if there's like a little argument or something you know i don't know it's just trying and just talking to the kids and just helping with whatever they basically whatever the teacher needs me to do and whatever the kids kind of need um usually i end up working with um mild to severe um sped kids and um I'll work with EDC. I really appre- I really like working with the SPED kids. I really like working with the EDC kids. Um, with them, their behavioral issues. and But what I noticed just for general ed and um, EDC kids, um, they'll call the security guards. And I was yeah. saying, and I always say, like I'm not trying to say anything <clears throat> against the security guards at all. I know that they're very overwhelmed as well. I feel, <laughs> though, that they are... Like you were saying, they just instead of like what we talked about right now, what you were saying and what my other friend said who works in education was saying that usually what they're trying to do as well in, in a program here in California, but in Beverly Hills where they have more money and stuff like that is what they're trying to do, at least, though, which I think is an awesome approach as well, is not so much punishment or anything. It's to they try to bring in the social workers or bring in the therapists, bring in people to actually yeah. come and help mediate rather than just you know someone like the security guards and i told her well we're not used to that all i've seen and all throughout my high school experience and school experience and what i'm noticing now working in education is that they just bring the security guards they send them to the principal office and usually it's just a suspension or expulsion or calling the parents and it's like they're not taking the time to give the teachers a break or the kids a break Uh And actually a break and like trying to mediate it like you guys are trying to do, like actually trying to talk to the yeah. students or student and actually trying to like fix the problem instead of just like throw like ignore the problem. Like you're just going to throw the kid and yeah. say like, yeah, you're going to have to just go home or you're or you cannot come back to school anymore or you're just going to be thrown in a room to think about mm-hmm. just to be there. So you're away from the other kids or, or teachers And it's like, I don't know if that really helps them because you're just putting them in a room with other kids who got in trouble. But what are you doing in that room, though, besides just having them sit there or write standards or whatever? Like, what is it really or putting it on their school record? You know, like this kid has gone this many times to, you know, oh, I think Uh it was, um. I don't know if it's O C D or whatever. I think right now I'm like, <laughs> I've been out of, I've been out of the school for a few months now, so I'm like forgetting. But yeah, they're sent to a room like that, and it's like, what are you? I never hear of them coming back with the issue, like really solved, you know, or like at least yeah. trying to address the, you know, the deeper issue. And I understand though that the security guards and the teachers, you know, and us as sub assistants, we're not qualified technically, like we're not trained to really help them on that level like we're not the therapist we're not a psychologist we're not a social worker but what i feel is that they could if they want us to do all this work they could be they could it could be better to just bring in mediators and like you know social workers and things like that or have a therapist or psychologist someone on site to actually you know address these issues like they have a psychologist at the school i was working at at least a few of the schools but Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if they have it for the gen ed and i feel like it goes for both the sped and the gen ed you should have people there not just one person for the whole school like that's ridiculous to me you're you're underpaying all these people who are working at the schools us included but you want us to perform all these different tasks and it's like we're not even qualified for that so yeah, it's like, if yeah. you want us to be qualified, pay us more and give us a, like, or bring in other people that are and give the teachers a break. Because I know, especially, <laughs> I know there's different factors, like you were saying, for the kids. There's, um, I know that there's those barriers, specifically, it's for the low income communities. And it is tends, yeah. those low income communities tend to be the black and Hispanic communities, Latino communities, and other minority communities, like included in that Um Muslim and such, Asian even. And it's like, I don't know, it's just, that's what sucks is that's the reoccurring theme is that it's always those yeah. kids and those teachers actually, and those, you know, psychologists, therapists and such, and principal admin that aren't getting enough, you know, funding and they're not getting the help they need. So we're getting ignored. So all we have, we're yeah. just there to babysit, really, it feels like. And that's like, uh-huh. it frustrates me working in education. And I love it, but at the same time, I'm really like we're all drained because no one's getting a break No, one's like getting the help they need and these kids definitely are not really learning anything Except you're gonna get in trouble if you step out of line and that's it and you're getting in trouble doesn't help address Their mental health issues doesn't really help address anything that's happening that day or that week or what's going on at home You know and and they're scared to say anything or they're like they don't care So they're not gonna talk to us and it's like that's why On a on a personal level, like the teachers I've worked with and I try to do is just talk to them if we can and build a rapport with them and trust. But it's it's only so much we can do on the personal level, on the individual level. So that's why it comes back up to, okay, how are you going to fund us or help us out as as schools and teachers and such? Like it's just really horrible, like cycle that these kids are going through. And Uh I don't know, it's just it's just super frustrating. Sometimes it feels a little hopeless. Like how are we really gonna like help them out because you're sending them to school every day for what? Because they're mandated by law, but what are you really teaching them? And we're not teaching them things they really need. Like some schools do have like one of the schools I went to, they do have some programs where they help them to find jobs and stuff while they're at school if they're old enough and then kinda help them like um on their path. Like well at least the SPED kids I was working with, they have a psychologist for each student to um and IEPs and such to pro you know track their progress and like tailor it to as best as they can to each student um to see you know what do they really need help with things like that but I still feel like it's not enough and they're giving a lot of tasks to one person um when that's just not possible and that's not that's not efficient you know I I I feel like there's money that could be spent given to the schools and to the kids and they need it I feel like they're giving it to certain things like sports and such and I know that's important but what about other aspects of school you can't just give it to like the main like mainstream like little things that you think are I don't know like There's other important things that need to be addressed, and I feel like their mental health is definitely, like, they say they're trying to help, and there's counselors, and there's, um, you know, there are psychologists, like I said, but I don't know, I just, I just feel like, yeah, Yeah. there's not enough, and I know that there, there could be, that's where it becomes so frustrating, and I know why teachers, a lot of them resort to just being angry, and just don't know how to handle the kids and they don't want to deal with the kids because honestly like why would they if they're giving like too many kids in a classroom every year every semester and if they're given all these things tacked on to their job, but they're being underpaid and not helped enough, you know, so it's yeah. it's just like how do we get that and, I, and the programs that you're talking about sound really, they sound like they're really aimed at trying to help the kids actually and not just freaking throw them under the bus. I just wish yeah, that they were it's, it's implementing that a, more and more
1: yeah and it's, it's taken a holistic approach just, you know mm-hmm. and, yeah because there's so much there's so much that these kids are dealing with you know especially nowadays and down here what they what they've been uh what they've implemented is uh for you know with all the you know with these school shootings that have taken place what's all they've done um uh, down here is they started having what's called um school resource officers so it's basically an officer who's a regular cop or whatever comes in, he has a gun and everything, and he's, and he's there throughout the whole day. You know, oh, so we have an armed person just in case a shooter comes. But that, all that is, is just a bandaid. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just putting exactly. a bandaid on a, a horrible wound, you know, like there's something else that, you know, and I remember one of my coworkers is asking me, like, oh, you know, somebody was doing a, a article on something, they wanted to, you know, have, you know, our opinions. What do you think about this, Joseph? Do you think school should have, um, School resource officers, and at first I was like, "Yeah, you know," because I had just heard about you know school shootings. So, you know, and what's crazy is that you know when you see things on the media on TV, like, "Oh yeah, you know," it's it's very they they, they target your emotion. So you see that, oh yeah, we need to do this yeah. You know, yeah, that. So, yeah. So so at first I was like, "Yeah, we should have you know these resource officers," but then I was like, wait, "Wait, wait, no, 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 no," I had to stop. Like, no, I said what schools need is more social workers and counselors in there to work with these young people to, you know, so we can, they can get those, these kids get the help that they need. Or if there's bullying going on, they could work with these kids, you know? Um, yeah. anytime where I hear about schools and there's bullying, uh, taking place, I don't blame the kids. I blame the schools. You know, you're the one, you're, the administration, the staff, they're the ones who's responsible for, you know, cultivating a culture that's not going to allow that. Right. So I worked, mm-hmm. you know, working in the South Bronx, and like I said, you know, the poorest congressional district in the country, all kind, you know, there's so many projects around there. There's gang violence, all that stuff. There was no bullying that took place in our schools. There were fights in the first school that I worked in. Yeah, but we worked through that stuff. But in that evening program that I worked in, we never had not one fight ever, you know, because of the culture that we implemented. Um, and then even... Even, I've had some frustrations dealing with some students, um, some schools down here, like mm-hmm. what you were saying about how these schools, that sometimes they just want to, you know, punish these kids. And I get schools that they know that they find, once they find out a kid is on probation, they're trying to call these probation officers. They'd be calling me, oh, you're going to come violate them? You're going to come, you know, do this or whatever. Do the that thing, problems.
0: I'm sure, too. Yeah. It's like,
1: and, and, mm-hmm. then, and then they're never aware of um, you know, initially they're not aware of my background. So I always come out like, okay, well, what did you do? Did you do this? Did you do that? You know, and for instance, down here, their alternative schools are so different than up north. Um, Down here, the alternative schools are basically like just credit recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, so you just have kids sit in front of a computer working on an online class, and a teacher is just there kind of to guide them a little bit here and there. Like, what is that? like? So you, so I had, you know, one of my kids who, he has like, you know, ADHD, you know, he's hyper and all this stuff. So you can't get him to sit still and then ask ask the assistant principal, so what did you do? I had, I had him sit next to me at my desk. Oh, kid with ADHD, you're gonna just have, sit next to you, that's it? Like, come on, that's not gonna help him. Exactly.
0: You know so what
1: I was saying? I was like, what about this? Cause like, for instance, you know, again, when I was working in the schools, and I had the most rowdiest advisory class. Um, what I did was, anytime there was a kid who was like all loud and obnoxious, and he had the whole, you know, the whole class atten- attention and making them laugh, I said, "Okay, you're going to run class now," you know. And that was like it would catch them off guard, but they loved it, you know, because you're now they're taking ownership of the class, and now I'm harnessing, you know, they have. I was able to recognize this kid has leadership ability. He's getting kids to laugh and be distracted. They're following him. So I'm going to, you know, help him channel or her channel that energy into a positive uh, Yeah. form. That's what you I've know, seen before with one of my think,
0: teachers, too. They did that yeah. a lot. They would give them tasks, yeah. leadership yeah. tasks that they were like, okay, if they can't yeah. sit down enough, here, they'll be the one mm-hmm. to pass out the homework every day or the classwork. The they're the ones yeah. that can help Our you grade. Leaders.
1: Yeah. or lead a discussion or something mm-hmm. but the thing is but down here though with that alternative school is like you know the students was like we don't really do stuff like that you know we don't yeah. have the class will not run that way because they're just supposed to sit in front of a computer and do the work i'm like that's you're setting these kids up for failure exactly you know? or or, yeah. or if a kid if a kid has a you know a, a iep individualized education plan Mm-hmm. You know, I start asking questions about that. Okay, so when was the last time this person, this kid, was assessed? You know, uh, and and they they looked at me. They start like, oh wow, he knows, like he knows what he's talking about. Because I'm not, a, I'm, you know, because of my background because of my passion work with these young people, I'm not about just oh, I'm gonna violate my kids. Oh, I'm, you're in trouble. You know, let's, you know, let's go to court now or request yeah, a hearing just getting them
0: in
1: trouble. gonna help. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. I was. Oh, I've always been. You know, since I've been down there, been trying to have conversations and build rapport with the schools to try to like take a different approach. There's been some schools and some teachers and stuff that they they are. They genuinely care about these kids. But you know, sometimes there's just still there's still some frustration and there's still limitations because of what's available uh, to you know to the school. So I but I always try to make sure like if a if an assistant principal calls me or a guidance counselor, I go to the school. You know, uh, and I'll sit with the with the parent, with the kid. All right, let's work this out. What can we do? Because I had one kid, he got kicked out of school, and I'm like, what happened? So then I took the, I told the kid, I said, schedule a, uh, a meeting, and I'm gonna go. I go there, and I'm like, what happened? He was, you know, he was cutting school a lot. He wasn't going to school a lot. I'm like, okay, so, but what was done? We try to have meetings. We try to, you know. And then eventually, what we just did is we send him a letter uh, um, notifying him that he, I guess he was kicked out or whatever. I'm like, that's it? You just, you're out? That's it? No, here's some resources for you. Oh, you can try this school or this, you know, there's no conversation with the kid, like, for alternative routes.
0: Or None of that. Like, how, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, how do you just throw a kid out like that? He's like, you know, the guy himself is like, well, we didn't technically do that. You know, the letter has some resources and lists and you know a different program I said okay can I see it please and all they did was print out to me a letter that saying you missed school this amount of times and uh, this is the policy of attendance that's it there was no resources there's no list of other schools where he may be a better fit you know because some kids they just you know for instance even, even when I was working at the transfer school we knew that there was certain you know we worked with kids with IEPs, Individualized Education Plans, but we couldn't service every single one of them because some of them are, you know, they require a lot more mm-hmm. than you know. The next, there's different levels, so that you'll ha- you you may have a kid who needs that, you know, one one to one kind of interaction all the time, or whatever, and, and, and you know, as opposed to like just having a general IEP that you can, the kid can still function in a class, but they just need a little extra attention. You know, so we were aware, we were like, look, you know, even when there was kids trying to come into our school, if they had a specific uh, IEP, we were like, look, we can't service that, I'm sorry. But, you know, we would always try to tell them, you know, try these schools or that school or whatever. You know, we don't, even when we had kids that we were like, you know, no matter what we did, if they weren't successful, we would have meetings with them and be like, look, these are your options. Here's some options, maybe you could try this. Maybe you can go into a GD program that helps you get a trade as well um you know like there's so there's different there's so many different approaches that you can take with these kids i know when i was working as a internship coordinator Mm -hmm. i had a you know i had a couple kids that they would just struggle all the time with school with their academics because they were just bored they weren't they weren't stupid they weren't slow They were so bright, but they got bored with school. Oh yeah, I definitely encountered many of those students
0: as well. (laughs) My teachers were like, they just need to be stimulated. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so I would try to develop jobs for them, even in school or based off of their passion, Mm -hmm. um, so that they that could keep them in. Like I had one kid, um, uh, he he loved to draw, and he you know he would always just draw and draw. I said, yo, I'm going to hire you. You're going to be, you know, kind of like anytime we're doing events and you're going to make the flyers, you know, Uh you wound up even creating, you you wound up creating a comic book out of, for the school. And it was like, everyone was like so amazed. Oh, this is amazing. You know, so, and that helped them to be more engaged with the school community, but also in academics.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's so so important.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. things like that exactly. And I, I and I think that's what the teachers and again, I understand that it is difficult. Like we we know that there's barriers for them as well, but I think there's still more slightly more that they could try to do. In, in, in place of just punishing them, sending them off with the security guard, you know, sending them to the principal, whatever. I think that there's things that you can do and not even in addition. Yeah. In place of it, because it's like, we're not really, I don't want to say we need to add to teachers plates and things like that or admins plates, but at the same time I feel like there's things we can do in you know, in place of it. Like you were saying, it's like why are you calling me when there's other things you could have did or why did you kick the kid out when you could have did something else instead of that? It's not like it's not that much of an it's not an inconvenience to be doing things differently. We're not saying you need to add a whole like hundred you know, hundred more things on your plate. But you could you could do it a little differently and you can try to do it a little more positively as best as you can. I know that, you know, there's gonna be kids that resist it, there's gonna be kids that, you know, seem like they're just defiant or just not gonna do it, but I feel like it, it takes work though because all these kids, um, the ones especially in low income, you know, poverty, you know, neighborhoods and schools, they're not used to people being on their side. You're just continuing yeah. Yeah. to tell them that you, we don't care about you. The more that you're just trying to get them in trouble and send them off somewhere to be doing nothing, you know, like that kid just being sent there to sit there, And that's what I was saying. Like, why have, you know, why have security guards? I feel like you can have people instead. Or at least have them, if need be, like to have like really if there's really like someone really trying to hurt other kids, like they'll have like a physical object, something. Yes. Okay. Then you need to bring in someone like kind of reinforcement. But I feel like don't use them as the first like easy go to. I feel like they should be the last resort. Like you were saying, it's mm-hmm. easy for us to want to like be like, yes, bring in all the police, bring in all, you know, all kinds of things like military militarized kind of things or whatever because we're scared of school shootings and things like that but what i notice is it's normal and what i even forget is that all i see when i go to work to work at a school every school i'm in um it has security guards um not like a not like hundreds of them or anything but there's at least like 10 of them i want to say and then there's at least like a sheriff always a sheriff there and every time i think about it it's always I don't know. It just really literally looks like a prison, like regardless of how nice your school looks technically or whatever. It's like you're you're still giving off the vibe that these these kids, um, they're mandated to go there and they're forced to be there unless they're or they can just yeah. get tossed out. And that's it. There's nothing else that they think of, except I come here to be policed. And to do work. And then if I don't fall in line, then I just get sent home or I get expelled or I go to jail or something or I get, you know, I have to talk to my probation officer. And then that's just a whole nother thing. They're not being shown that this is not supposed to be a place, not a prison. It's supposed to be, you know, a place that you go to learn and actually grow, expand your creativity, your intelligence and just be, you know, be a this is supposed to help you be. A better person not just a productive you know a citizen in society but like someone that can con- contribute something and just be you know just fulfill your own life not just to be a product yeah. in society but like to you know i just feel like there's different aims but what they show them with the standardized testing and all of this other mm-hmm. st- crap is just showing yeah. them that they're there to go f- to a mini prison and then go out to the world to work till they die and that's not yeah. We want to show them the realistic side of society yes we want to show them the real their real history like real facts not the fake shit they've been showing them and we want to show them real you know what it is like after school but also that it's not all just you know it's not just all horrible there can be good things you can do what you love it's not nothing's really that impossible but understand that these are the barriers for certain groups and that's the, yeah. the groups i tend to work with that we tend to work with and that we, they're just thrown off and signed off as trouble kids but they don't understand like why are they troubled have you ever asked mm-hmm. what's wrong with them like you don't know what yeah. the hell they're going through at home or whatever or not even have a home like you said and it's like you're just continuously showing that kid that may not have a home or have a crappy life or even a decent life that everything's just it's just punishment that's it that there's no
1: yeah.
0: you know punishment or reward but it's like okay but we want to address the mental issues we want to address the emotional and the psychological because these are people that are going. these are kids that are going to grow up to be people that are gonna you know be in society with us and they deserve the best just like you know that we do and they're else, yeah. it's they're just not looking at them like that they're looking at them like pigs in a farm or just prisoners yeah. and even the prisoners the prison itself that system is fucked up to, to me i feel like yeah. that should be a rehab thing in itself as well that shouldn't just be we send them off to be we're gonna treat them like animals so therefore they're gonna act like animals you can't expect quote-unquote criminals or people prisoners to act like human beings if you're not treating them like such you should be re- trying yeah, to re- rehabilitate them. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're preparing
1: them for jail, basically. So when exactly. you into city schools where all these police, this police present, the metal detectors, they're oh, yeah. being treated how and they're treated in jail. So it's like they're putting that, you know, and that all goes into that. That affects them psychologically. You know, like, well, every time, you know, I go, you know, I, I go into to the school, I got to take my belt off, got to walk through this metal detector, you know, I got law enforcement here. And I remember even myself when I was in high school, going to high school in the Bronx, and the first time I saw, like, when I'm going through the metal de- detector, I see a room full of cops putting on bulletproof vests, you know, um, and all the windows have all these bars on it. It's like, pretty much like the jail or prison. So, it's like, you know, it's, it's like sending sublim- subliminal messages to these kids, like, you guys ain't nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, so even... And even with these, you know, with these SROs, it's like, okay, so you have an SRO, you know, a, a, a officer with a gun in a school. Okay, so you'll stop a school shooting. But if this kid is like, you know, whatever the kid is, if he's going to lose it and spaz out, he may not do it in the school. He may go to a church. He may go to, you know, a, a, a Walmart or wherever and just shoot up somewhere else. So, you know, you got to be able to address the root of the problem, The, you know, the psychological you know, the mental disorders, whatever it is that help these kids because, you know, they need it. We can't just cast them out and like, us. Oh, you know, it's over. They're so young, you know, these kids, you know, even some of my kids, that have, I, have, I have kids who have volumes of folders, you know, and sometimes they're in this system for so long, they don't know how to live any other way. And I'm trying to tell them, like, look. You're still so young. Stop acting like you have to resort to this. Like you have no other choice. You're still young, you could turn your life around and still have a bright future. And I always tell my kids, I'm like, I don't care what your past is. I'm like, your past could either be a stumbling block or a building block to your future. But you have to decide what you want it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's about empowering these kids and helping them to re- rewire, you know, renew their mindset. For instance, like even when I was telling you about you know putting into the mind of these kids about college, you know, like a lot of them, yeah. you know, they don't have families that have, you know, so it's going to uncharted territory for them. So sometimes, you know, you'll have these high school kids, they're about to graduate. Nobody in their family has been to college. So they start self-sabotaging. They start acting out, and you know, fooling around or whatever. You know, some kids, you know, some places they call it senioritis. We used to call it the Peter Pan syndrome, that they don't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do that because they're scared. They're scared of, that next step in life, you know, know, going into adulthood, going into a world that they've never could have imagined. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, I couldn't even see myself graduating high school. So when I was finally a senior and people started telling me, like, Joe, you should go to college. I'm like, what? Like, nobody in my family had went to college. None of my sisters, I have five sisters. None of them went to college, you know? Uh, So it was all new to me. So I'm like, so anything in life, whether it's, you know, kids who... You know, I have kids who their, you know, their father was in jail, their uncle was in jail. I have I had a kid who he was actually in jail with his uncle. I'm like, oh, come on, you know? So I'm like, you gotta, you gotta decide for yourself if you wanna keep down this path or if you wanna start something new for yourself and, you know, change it up, you know? But again, they won't, he wouldn't, you know, he or she wouldn't ever do that unless somebody came alongside them. Unless they have those resources, that support system to help them to, like, you know, as they say, it takes a village to raise a child. That is so true. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, why I, I, as a juvenile probation officer, I love what we're doing because we're partnering with providers for with counselors. With, you know, we're partnering with mentoring programs. We're trying to partner with schools. We You know, so that we can, as a whole group, as a whole team, as a whole village, help raise these kids to be better.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I okay. I remember hearing about a uh, when you said that, I remember hearing about a kid. Um I heard them say that that they wanted to go to college and the teacher not to their face, but afterwards was like feeling bad for them actually. I I don't think that they meant it in a rude way and I but I know there's there's teachers and um mm-hmm. People in the education said that will be rude and say like you know oh they're never gonna be anything or go to college. But the teacher was actually really kind of frustrated. He was just like I wish he would listen. Like I we want I want to help him and like show him that you could go to college, but you're messing around. Like there's you can't expect to just get there with no work in between. So when he said that to me after school was over, I felt bad and I was like just sitting there like how is this kid how is he going to be able to? Because I know he could because he is smart. And he and I feel like he wants to do good. It's just he has a lot like his ADHD and there's other issues I know at home and in general and at the school, you know, that they were at. Like I said, it's a lot of security guards, police and it's gates, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's like I don't think he's being told subliminally, like you said, and just what his environment. I don't think it's helping him. It's just a lot of obstacles and him. You know, he wants to, but it's like I don't know if he really thinks like that. He really can like in reality. But that's the messed up part. And I think other kids will even tell other kids sometimes, like, no, you're not going to be able to do this on the third. And and I understand where they're getting it from, but it's just, like, added on to people not believing that kid or these group of kids, that they're turning on themselves, their adults are against them, it feels like. So it's just a lot on them. And I feel like I I, I realize that it's kind of toxic positivity in a way, or it's really vague, and it's just it's full of nothing. I feel like t- uh, schools, at least the ones I've been to, and that um just in general, I think like you'll see so many many of them will just say like, you know, inspire um you'll you can do anything. This time and a third and it's all these nice yeah. messages. But yeah. what are you actually telling the kids? Like are you actually giving them the resources are you telling them the facts though i'm not saying burst their bubble but you do need to be realistic with them and tell them yes anything is possible but understand that these are specific groups in community communities that are going to face these obstacles and that is with race gender sex you know and and there is the wage gaps and things like that i feel like they need to be honest with them and tell them these are things that you are going to have to face though unfortunately but we want to help you though and 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 don't take it as like you can't do this though or that you can't have a bright yeah. future but understand that this is part of this is what comes with being who you are unfortunately it is unjust but this is unfortunately what you might have to face so here's ways that you can help battle that or how we can help you you know on your mental health or you know just techniques and tools to help them as they go against these certain factors in life because they're just mm-hmm. telling them yeah inspire you know this is be inspired you know uh this on yeah. the third there's these like slogans and it's like w- that's not helpful to them that's not helpful to me like you're not you didn't yeah. show me as a when i was in school you didn't show me that i was gonna have to deal with all these this crap as a woman and as a latino woman and mm-hmm. you know being in america so it's like you're not showing them the reality of it and it's not yeah. to be negative but it's like toxic positivity does not help anybody you're just no, putting no. a band-aid over it like you said so i wish that um schools will implement um more fulfilling and like actual realistic slogans not just fake shit that you're just like putting Band. there to look nice on your school banner like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean well, anything
1: just, yeah mm-hmm. they need just like real genuine conversations. that's why i always for me personally i always hated like motivational speakers because i'm like you mm-hmm. come in and, like yeah you can
0: do this and strive and all right you, you just have to do this and that and
1: the third yeah yeah and then they leave and then okay and then you get hit hey, with well, reality now what you know so like for me like when i've, I've been you know even when i was up north out I, I used to get asked sometimes to speak to kids i used to, for some reason they were you know whether it was the staff i worked with, they always wanted me to speak at graduations and stuff <laughs> i would no. just give them the, the real reality like look you know, you can achieve more than you could ever imagine. But I'm like, you you may fail, you will fail many times or, you know, but I would say, you know, basically failure is, it's, failure is really giving up. That's failure. But if, you, if yeah. you can't accomplish something, it's about getting up, getting up, getting up. If you can keep getting up, you'll be fine. But sometimes, you know, or many times, dreams that you pursue is not going to come to pass. That's just reality, that's life. You know, there's so many professionals who are in a field that they didn't study in school. I didn't study where I'm, you know, criminal justice, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm in this field, you know. That's where you ended up. Um, That's where life
0: meant to take you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's just about having those conversations. Or even in, for instance, inner cities, you know, these kids are always like, you know, I want to play sports. I want to play football. I'm going to be in the NBA. I going to be yeah. a rapper. And yeah. What I would do, what I would do, especially with musicians, like kids who wanted to rap, I'm like, okay, you can rap, that's fine, but do you know how much a rapper makes per album? You know, well, this is, you know, many years, I mean, things have changed now, but back yeah. then I was like, you know, how how much do you think a rapper will will, will make if he's in a legitimate uh, record label? How much do you think he'll make? Oh, make like 000, 000. No. a few thousand, a hundred thousand. No. A rapper for every album that's sold makes less than a quarter for every album that sold. So when you see in these videos that they have all this money, they got cars and all that stuff, that's called royalties. that the label gives them a head of, you know, or a that gives it to them, but they have to pay that back in record sales. And if they don't sell those records, what happens? They go bankrupt, you know? That's happened many from to many artists. You know, they, they're like, you know, they're not selling all the albums, so they're not, you know, making that much money or whatever, and, and they can't afford, you know, because their money gets, in so many ways, to, you know the publisher, publishing company, the studio, the exactly. people who work on the the album cover, the lawyers, the agents, or whatever. Everything. Somebody, you know, the ANRs, you know. So it's having those conversations. Like, do you realize this is the reality of it? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, but then I will say things like, "But if you're a rapper and you make it, go on tour. If you go on tour, you're going to make more money that way." Um, If you feature on somebody else's album, you'll make money that that's how you will make real money, you know So it's basically showing them the reality, but then also showing them like this, but this is how you can be successful Instead of just being like yeah, everything's gonna work out wonderful Yeah, (laughs) or
0: just telling them no, that's not gonna work. That's not realistic and it's like, okay but then give them just give them the these are the ways that like you said give them other options with that mm-hmm. sometimes what I what I would tell and like what I would tell my siblings or eventually you know or any kids I talk to now or when I become you know if I become a teacher in the future is just like these are the options if this doesn't work out just have a plan b have something else that you might like to do a trade and if you want to go to school not because i don't want to tell all kids like college is a must because i feel like that's pushed on them as well because that's what they were telling us that that's the only way you could succeed but then they didn't tell Mm -hmm. us though they didn't tell us that here, this is what you have to do, but they didn't say, but you owe, you're going to owe this much if you, if you other, do this yeah. or for many, they're other just, other yeah, they acted as if college was accessible though to everybody. And they say, yes, there's scholarships, there's grants. And I was like, yeah, I got grants for a while, but you know, that ran out. And then I started to, have to take loans or I could take grants, but I had mm-hmm. to take loans if I wanted to meet this much. And I feel like they just make it sound as if, oh, you could work. Two jobs, you know, a job while you go to school to try to make it and get scholarships. But it's like, scholarships are competitive. Grants, yes, but they yeah. run out. And you're not saying, yeah. you're not showing that many people do have to take two to three jobs. And that shouldn't be normal. So I feel like they should mm-hmm. be giving because that's a, that is way too much stress on just any human being. To just have to do all of that on top of college or grad school or whatever it is. Even if you're in high school, you shouldn't be having to work so you know many jobs or anything. And So I feel like they should be giving them and they should have gave us that these are different things that you can do. And if you want to go to college, what a really smart thing to do is to actually go to community college. But they made it sound like community college was the horrible, like that was like... You should start at it, or that should be your last resort. But you should definitely transfer. But it's like you don't always need a bachelor's or a master's. Mm-hmm. Like I wish somebody yeah. told me you can go to community college, and these are the things you can get with the uh, with the AA or whatever. You can go to trade school, yeah. and you could yeah. still be comfortable because it's not always about getting rich either. But that's the culture Mm -hmm. that we've, that we're in, that they've, that societies help perpetuate, is that to be rich is to be happy, and that's the only way that you can make it in society, or be a happy human being. But it's like, they're not telling you that you don't need all this money, you just need to at least be Uh comfortable, so yes, because you have to pay rent. Unfortunately, that's the way that shit is, you have to pay rent, and it's, a lot of times it is too high. You do have to pay bills, you know, you do have to pay these things. But, you know, there is a way to be comfortable, but still definitely be happy. Like, you do what you have to do, but you still are living, you know, liking what you do, loving what you do, or working towards that. And I feel like they're not giving us the full picture. And that, and that's what, you know, what we were just saying, like, minutes ago about the slogans. I feel like they should be definitely doing that as well with careers. And I'm glad that you're giving students, you know, like, you're not just saying, no, that's stupid. But you are telling them, hey, if you do want to do this, here are other ways that you could try to go about it. And just giving like that's the real like and be real with them like that's what they're gonna appreciate Don't just hype them up too much to where you're not showing them like and then life hits them in the face But also don't just bash on their dreams like that's not gonna help them either That's very detrimental to them, you know to their mental like that's not helpful to them So just being honest with them as best as possible I think is like just the freaking best way to go with them because they know when they know when you're being fake with them They know
1: let's see right through it what's also important too is, is empowering them to be able to make choices to mm-hmm. make yeah right you know good assessments you know going through the pros yeah. and cons or whatever and yeah. like we still go through a model called smart goals i don't know if you ever heard of that Mm-mm. but the smart goal model is basically like all right i have i have a goal in life so you go through the smart model it's an acronym so the s is specific you need a specific goal sometimes i would tell kids you hey, know what's the goal you have or like oh i want to be I want to be a millionaire. Okay, that's kind of general. Well, how are you going to get there? You got to narrow it down. So it has to be more specific to help you get there. So is your goal specific? M is measurable. Is it measurable? Is it something that you know you can do it in a, you know in a measurable amount of time or whatever? Uh, a is uh, attainable. Is it attainable for you? Something that's mm-hmm. going to be and which leads to the next one is R. Is it realistic? You know, and then T is timely. So you go into that acronym and it helps you it helps the kid to figure out, all right, is it specific, is it measurable, is it attainable, is this realistic? You know, they gotta they have to be able to learn how to ask themselves these questions, you know? Because helping a kid be successful is not giving them the right answers. you ask, getting them to ask the right questions. That's what's gonna the, help to them be think. successful.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, have you know, training them to think, exactly. Because if you're just giving them answers, where are they going to become robots or are they' going to become you know exactly. you know who you are no you no know, they're their own person so you got to get them to by showing them that and all the options is like you can do this or there's this or you know but you decide you know and helping them figure out how to do it and what they'll do too is sometimes because they'll get scared of like well what would you do mr or miss what would you do no no it's not about me it's about what you you know you know like I already went through this but exactly. this is for you you know
0: Exactly. No, I think that's super important. I, I just really, really hope. And as like I said, as you know, I'll continue as best as I can, at least personally as an individual, you know, with my job, I'll try to keep talking to the kids that I can and try to, you know, help them when I can. And, um, and when I become a teacher, if I become, if I become a teacher one day, I'm hoping to, you know, implement these things that we're talking about, you know. And like I said, though, it just kind of, it does, we can do a lot as individuals working in the education and criminal justice system. But I feel like, again, it, it, it is, we can only do so much. So it's like trying to remember anyone, you know, who's listening who wants to work in this these systems or does. Don't try to feel like it's you are just failed or something just because things aren't always you can't do so much for the kids because there is only so much we can do as people but it is you know it's the whole system itself does have to reform and change it doesn't it's not just us at the bottom level that can do it it's the higher ups as well they also have to help so it is trying though and trying to speak your mind and try to talk to admin try to you know implement your own style if you can in classrooms and that's what i hope to do is as much as i can you know, because there are limits, yeah. unfortunately, but it's just trying, you know, like and if you don't you don't know unless you try and it's just being honest with the kids. And that's what I think I did. At least with one student, she asked me about college because they knew the class knew I at least went to college. And I told her straight up, like college is like a lot like it. I'm in debt. <laughs> like it's not to deter you from going to like a university. It's not to deter you from going to a like Cal State or a, a UC or anything or grad school because I'm in grad school but be to be honest like it, it's a lot of money so what you might want to do what you might want to consider depending on like you know you know the access is if is a community college i was like don't let anyone tell you that community college is not good because it can be good it's a very good resource for those that can't really pay or just if you don't really need the higher degrees because sometimes those are just for show i was like there's a lot of jobs that you could get with an a or something you know or certain just license or certifications so th- it's not a must but i was like if you want to you could and just do these things you know this is what they'll ask you to do by your senior year And, you know, just just being honest like that, I feel like it's just a little something, but I feel like it's something that that just helps them and it might stick with them. You know, it's just something better. It's more productive and fruitful and meaningful for them than just to tell them, yes, go to, you know, you need to do this, that and the third. And it's like life doesn't always happen that way either. You got to tell them, like, Mm -hmm. you know, got to show them that there might be roadblocks. There might be different routes you have to take that happens that's okay don't think that that's that's it though like that's the end of your story or whatever you can't get to your goal but you might have to do it a different way and that's fine that's mm-hmm. actually even that's better It's what it's supposed to happen that makes you a better that makes you a stronger person smarter it makes you think you know so it's just giving them those options and being realistic i feel like is like the bottom line because you be real with them they're going to be real with you and that's that's the best yeah. thing and that's the best relationship you can have with these kids is being as honest and just, um, as just showing them that compassion. Cause like I wanted that when I was younger and that's why I want to give it to the kids. Cause they need it. It's like, they're, they're still growing human beings. They're at a very like they're the younger they are, you know, and through, I think childhood to like teens in high school, like that's a very like vital time for them, um, in growing to be who they are and they're starting to set habits, you know, their personality traits and it's just a, a very imperative time to be like instilling certain things in them but not show them like you just have to be a robot for the rest of your life because that shit was just like horrible <clears throat> like I loved school I loved it but then I started to realize how draining it is because of how much testing I had to do essays and how much it, that was it. It felt like I was just there to get grades but no one cared about me as a person. Nobody showed me like there's other ways to do things. So that's why I like I just I just really encourage and I try to do it myself as best as I can with where I'm at to show them like there's it's just not all this is not all that there is. There's other things out there. Um, This is, you know, school at its root what it was meant to do. And what it should, at least what it should be doing is to help you guys and educate, not make you just, you know, pass classes and get grades. Like, that's not helpful. It's not what you're meant to do in life. You know, you're, you're a human being, like, you're meant to learn and grow. And that's, like, the main objective. And I, I just would hope that a lot of the teachers, I hope if they really, truly care about their profession, that they'll try to do that and not just set them up for failure and um, it is it is up to the higher-ups, and it is up to the states and stuff and the government to really change that, though. So I'm hoping that, w- you know, the education educators, I hope we're all able to, and citizens, I just hope we're all able to, like, help pass, you know, some kind of, you know, reformed law or something that stops this standardized shit. Because it's not—it didn't help me out, and it, I don't think it's really helping yeah. any students out. I've never but heard a kid— enough. Or an adult that said, like, yeah, I really liked having to take the SATs, and that really prepared me for life and my job.
1: Yeah, it didn't. Or can even can even recall any information. Exactly, I don't remember any of it. it,
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I don't hear not one. I don't hear anyone say like I've never heard not one person say that that's what they liked about school and that that helped them yeah i definitely don't remember anyone that's remembering geometry i don't remember taking yeah. history i don't remember taking any of it like because it was it's it was all like just nothing it was nothing that helped any of us i feel like yeah like certain like the math classes yes in english kind of like it did help to where i am because i am majoring in english again but I don't know to an extent it still wasn't. I feel like there's stuff this every subject still has to be improved upon because there's other factors that we really need to put in place and I know that school as it was was tailored to white upper class students, you know, they're showing them the history the wrong side. They're not showing them all the facts that there really is. English that wasn't tailored accessible to every community and group. They're not putting more female authors, they're not putting more black authors, native american and so on. Um, mathematics, you know, there's all these subjects that really do need improvement because it's not accessible to every PE. Not every student is yeah. able to because of health issues or weight issues or whatever the case is. They're not all able to do PE and you're expecting just to have a one-size-fits-all model and that doesn't work. Yeah, work. You, Yeah, no. you gotta you can't tailor it exactly to every student possible. That's, that's not, you know, that's not realistic but um, it should at least be just a different model than that it should be something that just try to be more accessible and resourceful and meaningful for you know as many as as, for the majority as you can because yeah with the with the school system was i unfortunately what it began with was tailored to that but i know that there are many schools and educators you know like yourself and you know others that i've met that really do care and they're trying their best with what they got and what position Uh they're at to help the kids and um Yeah, I just really think it just needs a big reform. I just hope that we can do that soon because I don't want the future generations to be going through the shit we went through. It's just not, it's a horrible mindset. It's horrible messages that they've been sending to us for years that we're just going to prison and then you go to work to pay off debt and then you work to just be able to live somewhere. And I don't want the kids to think that that's what life should be.
1: Yep. I'm definitely
0: that. <laughs> yeah it's it's just a lot so I just want everyone to know like it's do the best you can you know as parents as as a sibling as a friend if you work in the education system you know definitely just just try your best to help them really help them and and like joseph said now just give them the answers because that definitely they they do want that a lot I I think because yeah. it's the easiest because that's yeah, what they're, they're showing much them <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're showing them, like, just get the answer so you can pass the test or pass the worksheet or whatever it is. But I've noticed some teachers that I've worked with, they actually try to get them to think. And, and it's a hard process because they've been ingrained for a while now, since elementary. But if they're, like, in high school, they've been doing that since then. Or if they're in college, they've been doing it since since they were kids. So that's, like, 18-plus years that you've been, like, or 15 years, whatever it is. That's still, And even 10 years is too many years to be. Five years is too many years to be, like, just... you know giving the answers to everything so you can pass something Mm -hmm. to get it an a to c to an a like that's not productive and that's not you know showing them critical thinking because that's what they're going to need in life they're going to need to be resourceful
1: yeah that's what common core they they try to like have it yeah you know when there was the whole theory behind it was yeah getting them to think critically and analyze or why did how they came up with those answers you know I'm not an advocate for a common core but that was what they were trying <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah might be flawed but at least yeah at least they were kind of trying but I, I like that what you were talking about earlier too about showing like you know is this goal attainable in that whole model I think that that's super uh-huh. important and that's I don't remember if we did that at my school. I don't remember being showed that, to be honest. And that's why I'm really, like, just kind of going based off, like, from when I was in school. It just feels like it's kind of like some things have changed, but not that much. And that's where it shows you how much help we do need, you know, for, for the schools. Yeah. And it's not even just, like, elementary and middle school and high school. I mean, of course, I mean, that's what I'm at least... You know, geared towards as being a high school teacher, but they do definitely also need to help for the co- for the universities and community colleges. But that's a whole nother thing. But I think still as a whole, it still needs to be fixed. Cause even in college, like yeah. there's some there's like a therapist. I think there was like one or something or a couple, and there was like some counselors for each department. But I don't I don't know. There was slightly more resources, yes, because I guess they have more funding or whatever it is. I mean, they had more. They had more um, projects, you know, to show about, you know, how to help, you know, st- um, fix the rape culture. And there's things about helping with mental illness, and, you know, things like that. And yeah. I think those were really awesome that they were trying to do that. But probably not every university has that or is able to not, you every you know, it's I think I think there's still more that can be done um but it just can't be done at the individual level and that's just what's like really aggravating but hopefully we get better and better as the years go on um and thank you again joseph for being on here today and talking with us about your experience and for your work helping these kids out and i like truly admire that you're really just not trying to get them in trouble or just throw them to the wolves that you're really trying to Educate them and just be there for them, you know, and just like have a lot of compassion and understanding towards them because that's that's what they need. And I think that that's really it's a hard job. It definitely is. I feel like some people really they take for granted how much shit that teachers and people like you have to deal with, you know, and and it's rewarding work, I'm sure. But it's hard work like it's freaking difficult, you know, so I, I really like commend you for your work with the youth. And, you know, thank you again for talking with us and, you know, being open thank and you. just describing, you know, giving people understanding of what you do. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important. And um, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate, um, you know, your support and see you guys next time.